We are still in our series, Voice of the Pandemic, and we have some wonderful educators who will be coming on in this new year. Uh, today, I have Brianna. Brianna is going to introduce herself, and we're just going to hop into it, talk about what things are looking like for her teaching through this pandemic. I was kind of low-key, y'all, I'm going to be honest, thinking that this series would end because the pandemic would be over, but look at us. We're raging through it, so we just go, we got to keep it going, so Brianna, Go ahead, introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, let them know where you're from, where you teach. Give them a little bit of background about yourself. Awesome. Uh, hi, everyone. I am Brianna Green. I am an instructional coach at a K-8 charter school in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I am also a PhD student studying educational psychology and educational technology. Um, well, hold on. Let's just pause for that. PhD student come through. All right. All right, I see you over here, Miss Scala, but all right, go ahead. I just got excited. I got to <laughs> hype it up because we need more Black women getting their PhDs out here in these streets. So keep up the good work, Brianna. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and so, like, I actually moved into the capacity of an instructional coach this school year um, because I wanted to be back around kids and around teachers and kind of putting that theory in practice. And so... Um, with all of the, you know, virtual going or in-person going remote, it presented a really cool opportunity for me. And so um, I've been, you know, in this thing day to day with the teachers and I'm really uh, learning a lot from this. That's awesome, Brianna. And I know that you will bring a fresh perspective because we actually haven't had any instructional coaches on the podcast yet. We've heard a lot from teachers and what that side has looked like, but we haven't really spoken to instructional coaches. So um, you said you work at a K-8 charter. So can you tell us about how things look, I guess, just like just a little bit of the latter part of this year that we just got out of into how things are looking now, like just give us some background about the situation with COVID, how you're feeling as an instructional coach, whatever you'd like to share with us. So our school does weekly testing. Like I want to say to start there, like we're in a fortunate situation where we do weekly testing. Um, we have a lot of mandates around math. Is the test for the staff or the students or both or what? For everyone. So we actually are partnering with our local health department um, and every week um, some, you know, service people come out and make sure that all of our students are tested. Um, now that we're ramping up for the new school year, we want to move into 100% of like everybody signing up for these um, testing opportunities. Um, just a just quick question, Brianna. How does it work? Does the parents sign up for the students to be weekly tested, or or yeah. how? Yeah, is that how? It so, works? Um, you sign up in advance, um, just opting in for the weekly testing. The staff, anyone in the school building, is able to participate. Parents are able to participate, um, and students, um, long as you know the parents have assented and things like that, they go in. The, at the top of the morning get tested and then you we receive the results um online so it's a so is it so y'all will have the results by the following monday or like how do how do y'all do it or or like the, how long or what day of the week do y'all do it on i don't know we, if you told we me test on wednesdays so okay. what's really interesting about the school that i work at is that mondays are every single monday is pd for teachers so we actually have a four-day school week and so every t uh wednesday 
um, students and staff are able to be tested and we get the results by that Friday. Yeah, that sounds about right because normally it's a day. So that we've ever been, you know, since the beginning of all this, been able to speed up the result time. So being able to get it by Friday, that's really good because that gives a window for Monday if the student is going to return or not return. Like, I just want to start out by saying I'm very impressed that y'all are over here doing this weekly testing. This is amazing. It's awesome because it's kept, um, I think it's kept it fresh on the student's mind that this is a concern, right? Um, helping to make sure that they keep their mask on, that we're sanitizing all the time. So having that weekly appointment like in the school building, I think helps to keep it on everyone's radar and not be this thing that like, oh, we're almost done or we're out of this. No, it's a day-to-day struggle. (laughs) So how does that make you feel going into the building, knowing that your people have already done, it seems like going above and beyond to make sure y'all school building is safe. Does that give you a little bit more peace of mind or assurance that you feel like, I I feel like you would feel a little bit safer. How how can you speak to that? Yeah, it definitely um, makes me feel safer. Again, this is my first school year being back in, you know, a K-12 setting um, in about four years. So for me to want to go back into the school setting and to know that like the school is being um, proactive about just having these measures in place at a time like this, it makes a person want to go, you know, back into um, the school setting. Yeah, I agree with that because there are a lot of people who are not as fortunate as you. I've talked to so many teachers on this very podcast who, you know, masks are optional where they um are or um you know there was there was one person I spoke to that said the teachers could decide in their classroom if like individual teachers if the students were a mask or not and I just was very surprised I was, I was, yes. I was very surprised by that there was actually a teacher right before we went on break um we were passing each other and she was like Miss Brianna, you have a really nice face structure. And it was funny because she was basically saying, you wear your mask all the time. I didn't even know what your real face looked like. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the fact that it's mandated, like we have to wear masks, then we have these testing opportunities. Um, I think it's that kind of like public policy that we really need um, to ensure that everyone is safe. I agree. I agree completely. And I think if that was the case, that a lot of teachers would not be feeling as fatigued as they are because has the testing helped you guys to keep um, spread low in your Mm -hmm. school? So what has that looked like? So we have, um, we're actually a very small school and we have not had an outbreak in our school. So there has not, there hasn't been any issues this school year where we've had to like close down the school or there was more than any one classroom had like a lot of students out. Like we haven't encountered issues like that. So it's really a fortunate situation. Yeah, that is incredible. But it just really speaks to prior planning and people doing what needs to be done. What made me so mad, and I'm probably going to get on a bit of a soapbox, it seemed like 
when we entered into this school year, administrators acted as if they had never dealt with pandemic teaching before, but that's not true. We had a whole nother school year before that where they had the opportunity to kind of fine tune some of these policies and procedures to mitigate spread, to keep staff safe. And it was like, we'll come back August. And I talked to so many teachers, it was like everyone was still running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And that made me absolutely livid because on one hand, okay, I understand you're being like sloppy with your policies and you're not, you know, figuring things out. But on the other hand, people are really dying because of this. So this isn't something you can really play around with. No, absolutely. And I think um, the fact that in the prior school year, they were so proactive and had written so many policy. It was easy for the students and then the returning teachers just to uphold the things that were already in place. It wasn't like this was brand new. Um, it's good that it wasn't like it was, a new thing that everyone was Right. Out. It was more like a consistent, like, no, we've been here before. Um, and for the new people like myself, it's a, we got models who are showing and leading the way in how to do it. And so um for the little kids you know the kindergartners coming in all of the their siblings or the other students are kind of like again modeling what it looks like to be safe and so um we didn't have those those moments of like what's going on what should we do um I think everybody has been on board to make sure that we're safe and that we can continue the school year together um I think you know, from conversation with parents, with staff, with teachers, it is really important that people want to be in the schoolhouse, right? Like students can socialize better. Um, you that know, physical, hopefully- in the in the physical building, yeah, yeah, in the physical building, and so um, because we want to prioritize both like the academic and the social parts of school, it's super important that we just prioritize health and safety. I agree, but uh, in other places, I don't want to be repetitive, but in other places, they're just prioritizing that in face in in face to face instruction with allowing that health piece to go out of the window, and it's not safe for um for people to um to gather in in school buildings. I gather like they I'm saying like they like they're um having a party. But you know, <laughs> to do what to do what you need to do in the school building, it needs to be safe. So I'm super happy that your charter school in North Carolina is like taking charge and doing it in the right way. So um let's speak to your teachers in your school building. How do you think they're feeling? I'm guessing better. I'm guessing they're not fatigued and burned out and ready to quit. But I know some of it might may still be there, but I know you do get to interact. So what are your thoughts on how your teachers are feeling about everything? Yeah, so like today we had a returning kind of meeting. How's everyone doing? Um, we spent time just to talk about uh, COVID precautions and things. And I think um, generally, I think folks are coming back energized. I think... Um, I had teachers there there were teachers who used the word long like the break felt long and I think that's really exciting when we know that two weeks is not the longest time to to um recover or recuperate from the day in you know tasks of teaching but to hear the teachers say that it felt long um to hear them excited about going into the next half of the school year I think 
Um, the fact that our school prioritizes like wellness retreats. So we'll have a wellness retreat for four days in the coming two weeks. I think it's those kind of things that are getting teachers to feel like this is a hard school year and there's some hard realities that we're facing. Um, but I and working in a school that, you know, again, thinks about my health, my mental health, my physical health. Um, and I think building those kind of things in gives us something to look forward to. I'm very intrigued about this wellness retreat you speak of. So can you tell us more about what that looks like? I know for me, um, spend, spending a lot of time in schools um, as a K-12 educator, I've never had a wellness retreat that lasted for four days. So can you tell us like what that looks like? Because I yeah. I don't know if the listeners know either. So um, I have the pleasure of working with future um, Dr. Stacy Owens Howard, and so she has a um, LLC called Creating Z, and they put on a wellness retreat every year for the staff, and then she sends out like invites to teachers, kind of on her listserv nationwide. <laughs> And this wellness retreat is an opportunity for teachers to engage in some self-care practices. So there'll be like yoga facilitators and mindfulness facilitators. There'll be like different kind of um, breakout room activities. And then, you know, some of the people who will be attending will also be presenting on things related to like self-care in the classroom or um, how are they pushing through with COVID and all those different things. So it's a conference and a retreat where the retreat part is the lead, but we also want to build in some of those um, supports for teachers in the classroom. Um, so, so yeah, like a, do they go like offsite or? Yeah, so we're going to be, um, this retreat is going to be held in Myrtle Beach. Um, it's January 15th through 17th. I believe the registration has ended but it's kind of, it's an annual opportunity because we know that teacher burnout happens around November December um and then some you know there's trends that it also happens towards like the March spring break time and so to get ahead of that um doctor or our principal um is really thinking about how can we set a time space and time for teachers to if they didn't get that opportunity during the holiday break, let's give them an opportunity to travel, um, to be somewhere beachy, somewhere that reminds us of a break and relaxation, um, but also give them tools to um, take care of self. Um, and then also, how can I translate into the classroom when I get back in terms of strategies and resources for my classroom? Brianna, I'm just absolutely shocked by this. So that's why I haven't said a lot because I keep on trying to wrap my head around it. So I know I have more questions. I'm trying not to harp on this, but I know I just every time you say something, I have more questions. So um, are, does all staff go to the retreat? How do they find coverage for the classes of the students? Like what does all the logistical aspects of that look like? So luckily it's um, MLK weekend. So Okay, that it's, makes a little more sense. Okay. Yeah. So it's Saturday through Monday. And um, again, our Mondays are all PD days. So it's not a coverage day in terms of needing a sub or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of logistics. Like, I think everyone will head out that Friday evening, um, start 
bright and early Saturday with some, um, I want to say yoga is like one of the first things that we'll do on that Saturday morning. So we'll start the morning with some yoga, you know, have breakout sessions, you'd be able to go on the beach if you want to, um, through the, um, you know, budgeting. And I think setting aside some funds, she provides for all of our staff to be able to go to the retreat. And then everybody's staying like a hotel. So she rented out a resort. So she rented out oh a couple. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my mouth is on the floor. She's like, I've never heard of you. And your principal is Oprah. She's Oprah. <laughs> no, and and I think to this um conversation of like um how are teachers feeling? I think there's a side of how are teachers feeling, and I think it's just the realities of what admin are willing to do for teachers. Talk about it, and your (laughs) admin is going above and beyond. Like, come on, that needs to be administrator of the year. Like, oh my god, oh my god, she rented out a resort. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she rented out some space in the resort, and I think, um, and I'm gonna keep like going back to this. I. I didn't work in a full, like in a classroom setting after finishing my student teaching. Um, I went straight into research. And so for me, this is also one of my first opportunities of just like truly being on someone's staff. And so for me, this is all new. Like I don't have these experiences of like, oh, I didn't get treated well as a teacher. And so I come into this thing with per se, like these negative experiences. All of this for me is the, the baseline. And so it's really exciting for me to say like my administrator does all these great things and this is the starting point for me. So like, this is what I see. That's your fortunate because that's your baseline of having an incredible administrator who takes care of teacher wellness. And just like, it seems like your principal is concerned about the whole teacher, you know, not only what you're doing academically to move the students, but how are you physically? How is your mental health? What can I do to take a load off to alleviate, to allow you to truly feel refreshed? So um, it seems like your principal is also doing some great things to alleviate burnout amongst staff, like just really going above and beyond. And I just want to thank you for highlighting these things because, you know, I've never heard of a teacher or a principal renting out a resort. Like, to to have a have a, a wellness retreat for the staff but I think if we had more administrators um taking initiatives such as these we would see some humongous differences in the profession and also just I know you talked about it that's amazing that that's where you get to start and you didn't have to start at the bottom on the struggle on the struggle of the bad principle because I'll tell you, girl, I got some stories. I could tell you of some horrible ones, but it's very good for you that you got a chance to start with someone who values education and realizes that educators, we we are desperately um, irreplaceable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they, and it's your principal is treating educators as such. So that's really good. Yeah. Um, another way that I think, um, she does that is our professional development. So um, one thing that I enjoy 
in terms of being an instructional coach, but also just being like a lifelong learner is how often she brings in folks to do professional development. So if we think back to like August, um, that was like the height of like all of this critical race theory stuff. And so we actually have a partnership with a professor um, at a university here in North Carolina who comes in on a monthly basis and we're talking, we're unpacking race. Like we're um, thinking about how culturally relevant resources can show up in your classroom and strategies and um, really just investing in the professional development of the teacher which I think um, that can go by the wayside sometimes. And when we're trying to get to these accountability measures, it's all about um, the doing of things, but it's not really the learning and the unpacking of who we are as people. Um, And so I really appreciate how she invests in um, those kind of opportunities. Because again, I get to learn how I can better support the teachers, but then also have other thought partners to think about how can I support the teachers on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so that's been really, really nice and really insightful as I grow um, in the capacity of supporting teachers. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the professional development, you know, is around race. And, you know, that is really important because I think it's a conversation that is often missed, you know, or even just the quality of professional development is not where it needs to be in most schools and school districts because it doesn't actually benefit those who listen which is the educator most times after a professional development session he just felt like oh that was a waste of 45 minutes of my life I could have been planning I could have been making copies I could have been doing something that was better a better use of my time and look at me I just wasted my time so to find out that you guys are actually doing um real work that's going to translate to culturally relevant lessons in the classroom for your students man that's a game changer I know yeah. I so I, I'm 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 imagining I don't know if you know the stats on this do y'all have a lot of turnover or not so much at your place um so turnover has been an issue um at the school that I work at and I think I think part of that is um when you have community effort sometimes yeah. Um, the di- I guess I'll say it this way. Um, the difference between passion and training. I think that sometimes there's a really passionate person who doesn't need the training or the formal training. And then there's sometimes people who go through training and it's like, are you even passionate? Like, do you really want to be a teacher? You know? And so I think um, in this unique case, again, this is a small school. How about how about how large is the school? You said small, so I just need like the idea. K through eight um 115 kids oh very small yeah 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 yeah. that's that's really small and and I think well let's let's let me break that down too because prior to COVID it was a larger school number and then you have um parents removing their students because we're not following the same um guidelines as the larger district so like if we don't go back so again with the the testing the weekly testing and things some parents could push back from that even though you know on one hand some people see that being totally amazing another parent would say oh my gosh this is against my child's constitutional rights so I can see it going both ways yeah yeah so um those kind of things affecting the numbers um when the original like 
coming back in person at the beginning of last year happened last physical year so like this time last year happened I think there were some parents who were like uh I don't have you know the resources to keep my kid at home longer so let me put them in the regular school district because you know those kind of things so you know it's, it's two sides of that the tale of a school being proactive about health issues um but yeah we have um about 115 students um I'm sorry I lost my train of thought no worries worries we can edit that out so well, let's see uh you said we, we maybe just need to skip this part about turnover hmm. you oh okay turnover because I, yeah. I was like what were, what were we talking about <laughs> no worries so you've been at work all day no worries <laughs> But I can jump back in. I would just okay, say, um, when it comes to turnover, I think that this is giving me the opportunity to say, I love that there are folks in my community who wanted to work with students. However, sometimes when you don't have that formal training and how to you know, present the best pedagogy, some of the realities of teaching can get stressful, right? Or on the other hand, um, I have the training, but I'm not passionate. And I'm particularly, I think what I'm learning is we're taught in teacher prep to teach and be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And when you go into a school that is non-traditional, that wants you to bring in arts, that wants you to get on top of tables and um, be like your genuine creative self, that too can be um, alarming from teachers. It can be be a difference in what you have seen before and what, um, what is being asked of you. So, yeah. And I think that can kind of lead teachers away because too much autonomy, I would say. Like the difference between like rigid, do this, follow the rules, cookie cutter. Like we kind of have teacher education programs that. A lot of them are like that. They don't present a lot of autonomy, but I think it's got to be a good balance. You know? And I think it does have to be a good balance. And I think, uh, again, just the realities of um, the fit, I guess that's the best way of saying it. Sometimes the fit isn't right for teachers and so that can lead to turnover um where I'm also from a military town so it's very transient how long a person may even stay in this area and I think that largely influences turnover just in this general area um and so we have those kind of uh, realities yeah and, it, and, and, every, and everybody's dealing with it as well so mm-hmm. you know um you just have to continue to put in the effort to retain quality people and recruit um the best and the brightest in our field so yeah um but um what do you think teachers are in need of most I know you get a chance to work with a lot of uh good teachers um as the instructional coach so what do you think right now 2022 what what are they in need of most or uh, let me rephrase if there's a message you can give to the listeners, um, you know, about pandemic teaching or this upcoming year, what would you say? Uh, Something that we tend to struggle with, (laughs) excuse me, something that we're struggling with right now um, is behaviors. And so what, what that has looked like, and I think it's a reality is, Our seventh graders, for instance, haven't been in a regular school year since fourth grade. 
So that means that when you think about a seventh grader, they didn't have the, the, the traditional transition from elementary to middle school. And so there's some social learning in there that's just, that hasn't happened, right? And there's, yeah. there's some of that that's missing. Um, and then when we think about school, like it's a really big socializing agent. Like you learn conflict management you learn communication skills you learn what it really means to treat people the way you want to be treated and those kind of things and so I think if we can remember that like behaviors are learned and they're not innate per se like let's just spend a little bit more time modeling how to talk to each other let's spend a little bit more time um and just giving grace to students like maybe they don't know some of the things that you think that they should know or those pet peeves let's spend a little bit more time unpacking what those things are so that your classroom can run the way um you would like it to and can be the learning environment that you desire it to be uh that is something again that um that classroom management if you will like put some love in there but teach the things that you really want to see like you can't just be like they're bad or they don't listen well, have you shown them the way that you actually want it to go? Do you show it with your colleagues? Do they see you work together with people? Do they see you apologize? Like, and you're talking about some big stuff because our students are always watching. So what you're speaking of is, are you modeling the classroom behavior or the desired results that you um, want through your own actions? Are you walking them through them walking alongside them giving them grace giving them good models constantly reminding like that's good that's good not just going to punitive um consequences like didn't I say do not do this yeah (laughs) do you do you um think aloud like do you allow the the students into your thoughts so that they have new strategies to uh to approach life like Um, approach life approach learning however metacognition is really huge it's very important to do you know but I think that's something that kind of you know when you're stressed out you forget about things like that doing think aloud but it is a really uh easy strategy and maybe for uh, some of my newer teachers if you're listening to this podcast just like actually modeling your thoughts so like um I'm trying to think of example do you have an example Adriana of how you would do that right um so say they right now math is coming to my mind and I don't even really want to say I really don't even want to use a content area yeah I was thinking more like manners or something yeah so um maybe it's lining up the k2 babies they like that whole like no I need to be first or move out the way that whole thing like just modeling do you like when people push you? Do you like to be rushed? Yeah, and and I'm thinking about this in my head. The last time someone pushed me, I really didn't like that. So one thing that we can do in order to help others in the class is take mm-hmm. turns, you know, like like that, yeah. Like, did you clean up your space? Or we'll say, let's get ready to go to lunch. All right, let's look under our seat. Let's look, are all of our papers put together? All right. Um, did we did we push in our chair? Do you feel yeah. do you think it's safe to proceed now? All right, great. Did you take five seconds or how 20 seconds to wash your hands? Did you say thank you? 
Did you say thank you to the door holder, to the lunch lady, to whomever, you know, like, but I think it's super important that we just model out loud what we're thinking yeah. because. And, and modeling those procedures that you want to see with the students. So important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, I think a lot of times as educators, we kind of expect kids to know what to do. And then um, I will just say, since this, uh, this episode is airing in January, every January, I always, always, always went over the rules again and again and again. Every single day in January, y'all, I would literally go over all the rules and expectations with my class at the beginning of every class period. They would be absolutely tired of me going over the same thing but it really just cemented everything into their minds and allowed for our classes to run smoothly so I highly encourage anyone to who's listening if that's something you haven't considered you probably already everyone here just does a great job I know so you probably already considered it but if not that's a little brief tip (laughs) yes all those pet peeves that you have you should have a procedure you should yeah. have a procedure for every pet peeve that you can identify, whether it's putting the laptops back on the car or how to wear your mask, whatever it may be. For every pet peeve that you have, you should have a procedure to help us get around that, to avoid it. To help the students be able to to um, do it the way that you want them to do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I heard this and I wasn't really planning to talk about classroom management in this. This is just a little bit at the end of the episode. But um, I always heard this great quote that helped me with my classroom management. I heard it when I was uh, student teaching. Great, great, amazing. The lady who presented to us on uh, classroom management. But she said, classroom management is like a well-run restaurant. Think of Chick-fil-A. When you go in Chick-fil-A, everything runs so smoothly. Why? Because they have procedures for it. Think about how organized it is. Look at how they have the ketchup laid out nicely in lines. You know, your classroom should run smoothly like a real, like a well-run restaurant. So that was something that I took into my class and just tried to make sure that there were policies, there was procedures, that my students were aware of how things ran. And that really help to make things go smoothly not saying that I never had a single infraction in behavior because that is absolutely not true but for the most part my kids did what they were supposed to do so have some free game about classroom management for anybody listening (laughs) (laughs) but um uh, Brianna has you know her last words of advice for you guys lead with love give your students grace model for them what you would like to see right now. I want to thank you so much, Brianna, for coming on today and uh, sharing some wisdom with us and just sharing what you guys are doing over in North Carolina. Can you uh, tell them where they can find you on social media so they can learn more about your research and the different things that you're doing in the education space? Yes. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore in her lane. Um, I also have a blog that I I plan to... um, continue to work on um in her lane.com and so you can like sign up there and you know just kind of follow along with what I'm doing absolutely we will definitely be checking out everything that you have um coming up this year uh Brianna very excited about your blog and the different um posts that you'll be making on there you know regarding your research so uh, again, I want to congratulate you on being a PhD student. So keep up that hard work, instructional coach. You're just out here killing it, girl. So thank you for coming on today's show. And um, 
thank you to the people who are listening to our episode wherever you're listening to this episode if you can go ahead and give this podcast a rating give it a thumbs up a star whatever the rating system is over there wherever you listen that will greatly help us out in our podcasting land so thank you guys for listening and we will talk with you in our next episode bye